You're listening to The Private Citizen. This is episode 64 for Friday, the 9th of April, 2021. The problem with facts. Hey, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm coming to you live from the city of Düsseldorf on the Rhine. It's cold and snowy. Uh, kind of live. Um, it's, it's, compl it's complicated. It's complicated. And um, this is the second... This is uh, like the second episode of like a, a, a coupling of episodes, basically. So uh, if you haven't listened to episode 63, uh, please go back and listen to that first, uh, where I explain the scientific method. And I will start talking about um, science and how scientists are... Um, how you know how how scientists and their way of thinking are represented in in, in modern society that's what's going to be the topic of today's uh, the main topic of today's episode science and how it's portrayed and um, how we deal with science and scientists and their work so uh, settle in it's going to be a, it's going to be another ranty episode i think because <clears throat> this is kind of a pet peeve of mine just open it, opening a beer cheers everybody um yeah, so um, being married to a scientist is kind of close to my heart in that uh, topic. And um, I'm actually reco I, I'm recording this episode right after the one uh, you've probably already heard. Um, so let's see how that goes. I've never never done uh, two of these back-to-back. -back. But I kind of think it kind of works. It's kind of like they flow into each other. I just didn't want to have them in one episode. I thought that, that would have been just a little bit too much. Um and uh, uh, rec recording this live on Twitch, a uh, streaming, and we already somebody requested a hat change today, which which is great. And uh, Centuria Pert is asking, uh, what beer am I drinking? This is obviously important. Um, uh, on, a, on on previous podcast, that was also like it was almost a segment. Um, not so with this one, so it's a bit more of a serious show, I feel. But um, I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I'm drinking a TH König. Uh, TH König uh, Brauwerke um, from my hometown. I, I'm from Duisburg in, uh, in Germany. And uh, Duisburg has uh, very few famous things. Uh, it has one of the biggest, uh, in, it's like the biggest inland harbor uh, in Europe. Um, it's it's the second biggest in the world. If you know, the, I think uh, Chicago is bigger. Uh, but uh, it has that. And it has a beer uh, called König Pilsner. And they used to be a family-owned for a long time, and then they got sold, whatever. But now they have, like, a stylish new beer, which is, like, a hipster beer. And that's what I'm drinking. It has, like, the founder on it with a beard. He looks like a founding father of the United States. Oh, he looks like somebody who went to university with Karl Marx, basically. Um, anyway, cheers. I'm going to need to fuel, fuel the rants on this episode. <laughs> um so um actually so what we're going to talk about today <clears throat> is as i as i said <clears throat> science scientists and um last episode we talked about the scientific method how it works that like that way of thinking and i already started going into some things that i feel are going wrong these days not so much with scientists and their work but like with things around that with the peer review process and today we're going to go deeper into that we're going to talk about um, how so society perceives science. And um, if you want to follow along, go to privatecitizen.press, which is the website for this podcast. It has show notes, uh, episode uh, 64. Um, like the previous episode, not so much, not so many 
show notes, especially with links. This is more like a picture of my notes, uh, and you can try read my handwriting, <laughs> which uh, most people tell me is close to illegible. Illegible, uh, it's not readable. Anyway, I put it in there just for completeness' sakes, because this show is kind of like you know. The way this works is like this is obviously all my obviously my viewpoint my opinions and i want to have a dialogue but i also want to give you the sources and usually i link to everything um, but this is kind of like the scientific method what i talked about that go, went back to something i learned at university and i don't really have like things for and stuff um and this as well this is just like my some personal thoughts i had but please go there please go private citizen or press and also like you know give me feedback and i want to get into a dialogue with my listeners it's very important this whole show is about um thinking for yourself basically you know um, i present a viewpoint i present information i hope it's helpful to you and then i expect you to think about it for yourself uh develop it further get some ideas uh, hopefully with my help and then you know maybe come in uh be a producer on the show and uh add something to the discussion or disagree with me and i found that very interesting and usually uh we do that in a segment um at the end of the show but for this episode i'm actually turning it around and i'm actually doing the feedback first uh because i thought this was very applicable to the topic and then i can refer to it back and we can like it while while i talk about the other stuff we can just you know refer back to this feedback which i I'm gonna, I'm gonna read to you right now. Um, so this particular feedback is from Bennett Piata, who's been a longtime producer of the show, and he is referring to episode sixty-two, I think, um, where I had, you know, just being live on Twitch. Um, somebody in twitch said stefan actually uh, said something that i disagreed with and then i um replied to him and and bennett has further thoughts on this and i think this is uh is, fits perfectly with today's topic um so bennett uh i i have his whole message i'm going to read his whole message because i thought this is very helpful um so bennett says I haven't written in a while because I'm too busy and also who isn't and I know you I know you pan man and also because I often don't care enough while I agree. I think that is uh this is often a thing and I can live with that, right? If people um I don't need the you know I don't need the uh my ego doesn't need somebody to write and say I agree with you. It's nice once in a while so you feel like you're not shouting out in the void, but I can live without that. I find like the the disagreeing and the additional points a lot more constructive as long as they're voiced constructively uh hopefully you know so that i can read them out on the show and we can work with it and and build on it so this is completely uh it's completely cool uh but i do want to say that i wholeheartedly agree with all of your reflections spins and meta arguments from the microsoft wins as he terms i love that like the solar wins because you know um, I said that it's basically Microsoft's fault. So I love this Microsoft wins. I'm going to adopt that um, from the Microsoft wins and exchange episodes. Actually, I see exchange isn't capitalized. That's that's um, I, I tr almost tripped up by reading that. We need to fix that. Wait, what? what, what from the Microsoft wins and. Uh, live, live show notes fixing here on the show. Uh, 
uh, from the Microsoft Wins and Exchange episode. It's a bit sad to see so many people missing the point, and I'm all the more glad that I'm giving you a bit of money. And thanks again for that. That's uh, cool. <laughs> it works. This is how it should work. Uh, concerning Stefan's comment in Twitch chat that you should leave the vaccination stuff to experts. Uh, in addition to what you replied on air, so Stefan basically said, you know, I was talking about vaccination, how I made a mistake, and I had some errata, and she said, basically, let leave that to the virologists. And I vehemently disagreed and said, no, this podcast is specifically about, you know, I'm a journalist. Uh, basically, a journalist's job is uh, to write about something which they aren't an expert in, <laughs> because they can't be an expert in everything. So at first, that's, first of all, that's my job. And I also think, like, everybody has valid opinions. And you shouldn't go like that guy's opinion is worth less than this other guy's because this other guy's allegedly ex or is an expert in the field. Um, but uh, Bennett provides a very good point that I actually didn't think about in the moment. Uh, concerning Stefan's comment in Twitch chat that you should leave the vaccination stuff to experts. In addition to what you replied on air, I would like to add that experts are notoriously shit at seeing variables outside their field, let alone big picture questions and trade-offs that transcend them entirely. Of course, epidemiologists want to minimize the spread at all reasonable costs. That's their job. But non-experts in that field should help weighing that against other risks and goals. Be that medical experts from other fields chiming in with risks like heart attacks, psychologists with depression or suicide, and the impact on children, old people with their preference to see their families for the last six months of their life rather than live, in air quotes, isolated for two years, and so on. Single variable optimization by experts is the stuff of nightmares, dystopian novels, Nazism, and communism. It, it is precisely one of the things that make behavior inhumane. Or inhuman, he actually says, but yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. And this is a very good point. Um, that is exactly one of the problems. Um, and Stefan was actually referring to... Uh, uh, Professor Drosten, who is not even an epidemiologist, he's a virologist. Uh, you know, one of the issues I always had with him that he was talking in his podcast a lot of a lot about things that uh, epidemiologists are concerned with. He he is a vir like he knows what a vi like his field is knowing what a virus does in your cell. And that's it, right? His field is not how it spreads. Uh, how you can prevent that. That's not his research. His research is like literally what the virus par particles do when they get into your cell, how they reproduce, right? All that kind of stuff. Um, so that, that, but like my point also is like, that doesn't mean you shouldn't talk about epidemiology, you know, epidemiology or anything like that. I think anybody should. I think that is the, that is exactly, you know, my kind of, um, uh, motto for doing podcasts is new media, new rules. This is why we have podcasts. Back in the day, we had like television and they were like, okay, let's get an expert on. And then the expert's word was, was law. And maybe you had another expert who slightly disagreed or disagreed. We now live in a world where anybody, we live in a, in a world where anybody can do a podcast. Um, or uh, as, Adam, uh, as Adam Curry likes to say. Yeah, it's, it's a great time to be a podcaster. Be a podcaster. We can all do this. So Drosten can have a podcast and I can have a podcast and I can talk shit and he can talk shit and I can talk valuable things and he can talk valuable things and you guys can decide what you want to listen to. And I think that's beautiful. 
I think that's how it should be. I think if anything, we need more opinions. Um, and we need, we just need better podcasts. Um, I'd love for podcasts to be more like this one, where I'm trying to involve the listeners, where I'm trying to give you the sources I have. Um, you know, um, I, f I feel like very few podcasts are actually doing it like that. Um, no Agenda is a good example. Like, you, you might agree with them or not. Like, you might hate their guts or think they're completely wrong. But I think their model of, like, providing everything they do, like, all their sources, all their clips, everything to the listeners is amazing. It's really good. Um, and I've saw stuff from them for that very reason um, in the past. You know, I saw stuff from everywhere. I don't, I don't care. And I think this is a very good point. I mean, this whole experts thing uh, that Bennett talks about is it, that is that was a huge problem um, in in Nazism, right? Um, they're very good interviews uh, with Albert Speer, uh, Nazi uh, uh, Hitler's uh, architect, right? But he also built like um, defense projects and stuff like that with like slave labor, and. He he got like he he wasn't he was one of the few top Nazis who wasn't executed and he got like I think twenty years in prison, and uh, he was interviewed after he he, he was out of prison, and um, he talked a lot about like what he thinks he did wrong and stuff, and like one of the things he says that he uh, he doesn't really say exactly that he's sorry but like you can kind of like. He admits like mistakes. One of the things he said is like that the kind of you know a state like the Nazi state works because everybody is like focused on their field, and you can just ignore the responsibility, right? And go like you know like Dönitz, another guy who wasn't executed, uh, who just got a prison sentence, um, who uh, maintained until the day he died that you know the 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 navy the, the Kriegsmarine was just a clean fighting force and they were just fighting um, based on the rules of law and he never did anything uh, like Hitler apparently asked him once if they couldn't shoot like like isn't it possible to shoot at like the rescue boats when they when the submarines down the ship right and Dunitz says yeah you can do that but like any self-respecting fighting force wouldn't do that and he like categorically said we're not doing that um, but even if that's right, and even if even if they were completely clean, I mean, there was still the navy of the Nazi state, right? Hitler couldn't have done what he did without the navy, without the uh, the Kriegsmarine. Same thing with the Wehrmacht. Um, even if you completely just like whatever you do, you do like within your moral compass, and you don't, you know, everything you do, you have a clean conscience and you never did anything wrong you're just focusing on your field and you're ignoring everything that's going going on around you right you're ignoring that with your work you're supporting the state which is like killing people of certain religions by the millions same thing with stalinism that is exactly how that system worked um, and this is very much an expert thing. This is a this is a huge problem. I feel like in modern days, um, you know, which like often termed as like te technocracy or technocrats, like people who uh, are scientists or you know are purported to be scientists are experts in the field, but it's like too too narrow minded, right? It's like you you make a decision about 
wide, huge, wide-ranging changes, like unprecedented changes in society based on what the epidemiologists say, because they're the expert in the field. And you're not looking, as Bennett says, as all the other, at, at the psychologists, um, you know, at, uh, at, uh, I was, uh, it infuriated me so much like months ago um, when people were saying, it's all about the lives. And then like people were saying, yeah, but what about the economy? And then there was like this meme on the internet of like, oh, these idiots, what about the economy, right? Basically the subtext was, we're talking about lives here, like who cares about the fucking economy? And as somebody who studied politics and history, you're like, you people are dumb. Like the economy literally is lives. The amount, if the economy goes to shit, people are literally dying, right? There will be suicides. Uh, there'll be all like these really, really bad things happening in society that you're just like ignoring and making fun of that because you're just like, you know, so focused on one thing. And I mean, that's the nature when we talk about the scientific method and about scientists, that is the nature of scientists. Um, I'm not blaming the scientists. Like they're always focused on their field. They have to be, right? It's enough if you if you research a virus. That's enough work there and enough knowledge to absorb absorb for a lifetime. And if you want to be good at that field, it's the only thing you can care about your whole life, basically. And that's just natural. It's just normal. Uh, but the rest of society kind of has to see that and kind of has to, as as uh, Bennett's is counter, counterbalance that. Um, so I I, I thought this was very, very helpful um, feedback actually. So uh, thanks for that, and that's why we uh, preempted it. And you know, with that, let's let's talk. Let's get into the uh, main topic of of today's episode. <laughs> So what I, what I want to talk about today is what I call uh, the problem with facts um, or, you know, the, the myth of ubiquitous facts, um, which what I'm basically uh, started, started explaining last time I talked about the scientific method is, um, you know, sci- to, to quickly recap, uh, scientific method is a way of thinking. It's a, it's a way scientists conduct their work and it's, never assumed that the result of that is a fact. The scientific method starts with a hypothesis. You collect data, data points, right? These might be facts. Um, you know, it depends on how you, what you say a fact is, but, you know, generally uh, that's accepted to be uh, facts. And then you... Um, you know, either prove or disprove your hypothesis, change your hypothesis. But at the end, you have a you have a hypothesis that 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 is supported by facts and uh, reviewed by your peers, and then you have a scientific consensus, and you know the scientific community says, yeah, this is uh, this is our current like state of the art model of how something works. Now the problem is often that result gets portrayed in society in the press, you know, with politicians in our language, our everyday language of talking to each other, that gets um, that gets termed as a fact. Right? Climate change is a fact. Uh, you know, this virus kills people. It's a fact. Um, but 
that is like that is wrong mostly right DNA, if you say DNA it's a fact no our current understanding of how DNA works is a model uh, that has been well uh, explained and has been supported by 50 years of evidence and we're pretty sure it's it's pretty close to the real thing but we can't you know we can't actually prove that DNA actually looks like that um, we can we can make experiments that support that we can actually use it to do gene editing whatever um, so it's, it seems workable so the same thing with the atom right it's like uh, we don't really know what an atom looks like but we have a model and we think it's really close and it's so close that we can build a nuclear power plant and we can build an atom bomb that model is so good that we can build a thing that makes a huge explosion <laughs> Right, um, or you know, our uh, our model, our scientific model of how laminar flow works, like how how air moves around the wing of an airplane, is so good that we can actually put an airplane in the sky. Right, so, but like, it's like the fact is not that the atom looks like this, like a little thing with things flying around. It's not the fact. Um, the fact would be that there is probably a th there is a thing like the atom there's something we can manipulate and then see what happens right it's a fact that the airplane flies yes but the model for why it flies that that is like 100% how reality works um, that's not a fact and it's like it's kind of interesting to me as somebody who went to university. I don't even have a university degree. And, you know, I talk to people who are journalists who are, have university degrees or several of them. And I don't understand why it's so hard for them to wrap their head around that. Because there are points in science and like in popular culture where it's just assumed that that's how it is. You know, I said in the previous episode, I talked about how like light is a particle and a wave like that's not a fact like it's either a particle or a wave or neither or it's probably something in the middle but we don't know really what it is that's not facts right to say uh we know for a fact that a black hole exists is wrong we are pretty sure that it's how it works we have observed things that look like what we based on the model that somebody made up you know it would it would confirm that model it looks like a black hole but we haven't been there right we haven't seen it we probably can't see it like you know it's probably it's not i think they're not directly observable and there's lots of things like in modern science you know like i don't know what's that the hadron or whatever you know the the thing that's neither there or not like things like the uh, like Schrödinger's cat, you know, like the Heisenberg uh, uncertainty principle. Like if you read about, like, we're not talking about facts here. <laughs> it's very clear that that's a model. There can't be a thing that is there and is provably there and you can depend on it being there, but as soon as you observe it, it's not. Like, <laughs> I mean, and people don't take those things as, as, as fact, but then they go like, uh yeah uh climate change is man-made that's a fact like how is that a fact 
that is a theory and we have models for it and it's very well supported and many, 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 many people agree on it. But like, that's not a fact. You can't point to like one thing. Uh, you can say it's getting warmer and warmer. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a that. Yeah, you can observe. You you have a you have a thermometer and you can look at it and you can write down the uh, the temperature like every year and you can say it gets warmer. The question is why does it get warmer, right? And is it getting isn't isn't this like a thing that happens all the time? It's just like like ten thousand years ago we didn't write it down. Right, that's that's where it gets interesting, and that's where you lose the facts. And um, uh, actually, uh, further uh, live feedback from Twitch. Um, super user says, super user does. I feel this is pedantic. It's like guys who rate movies on IMDb but never give a ten out of ten because perfect doesn't exist. You don't need to say the whole sentence every time. If we stretch it far enough, nothing is a fact because everything we know is human observed. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. But like, um, what I'm trying to get across here is not like I'm not trying to nitpick on if something is a fact. Um, what I'm actually trying to say here is, um, if you have an understanding of how the scientific process works, your mind doesn't work. like scientists don't talk like this, right? Scientists don't use that word fact as in in, in you know. Um, in flesh inflatorily what am i trying to say here um overuse that word as much as journalists for example do, or politicians right most politicians these days claim they uh make their um decisions based on facts um based on science and and scientific facts but like Often it's not a fact. That's that's the point. So your whole justification for how you run your government just went away. Right? Politicians used to run their government by saying, we think that this is the best for everybody. Not by, the scientist says so, it's a fact. That's a huge change. You might think that's nitpicking, but that like if you understand how a state work, works, it's like that's a huge shift. It's shifting the responsibility um, and the assumption of what you're doing. Like of of of. I mean, you you basically you 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 the state steers the lives of its citizens, and you, you're shifting that from an approach where you're going. We think we're doing the best to like like this was proven. Therefore, we need to do that. Um, and I feel like if I was a scientist this would worry me greatly um, th this would be a thing where I would be like we, our our whole way of thinking doesn't work like this so how can be, people claim they're basing their decision making on our way of thinking and they don't understand our way of thinking and I mean this goes you can see this in the German government up to Angela Merkel who is an actual scientist she has a doctor in chemistry physics chemistry i think chemistry but it's like it's obviously so long ago that she doesn't she thinks like a politician she doesn't think like a scientist 
She says she thinks like a scientist, but like if you think like a scientist, you have to like you you have to have that open mind. You have to you have to say, well, this is our working thing. This is this is what we think is best. But you have to always assume that you're wrong. But, or as somebody uh, I can't remember who it was, but in Twitch chat said for last episode, basically you have to actively go looking for people telling you you're wrong. And people are not doing that. The, our whole decision making in, in 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 politics right now is like ask an expert, expert says this is the scientific fact, take that on board, do it. And never never look at never look at it again. And that, that is a huge problem. And it reminds me much more than I'm I'm so worried about this because you know, I studied a lot of uh, Nazi Germany. I'm currently reading a lot about Stalinism and you know Stalin's whole system, and it reminds me much more of that than of our um, democratic traditions that we used to have for the last like 50 years, uh, where where in in democracy it is assumed that you have a plurality of opinions. You have to have that. Right? If you don't have different parties with a plurality of opinion and the ability to voice different opinions, then you do not have a working democracy. Then you have a you know a rule like China, like uh, Nazi Germany, like like the 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 Soviet Union, where you had one party, um, they claimed to be right. Often they claimed to be right based on fact scientific fact you know it doesn't matter if it's correct or not and that's not the point so i'm i'm not trying to like hammer this like i'm to to nitpick here um but it's not the word that's the problem it's it's what's connected to it is this people use this and they think the world is black and white they think science works like this you point a microscope electron microscope at, at something and it tells you you're right or you're wrong that's not how it works Talk to a biologist. Talk to somebody who tries to takes a single gene that codes a single protein and spends 15 years trying to figure out what that fucking protein does in a mouse. And maybe if they're really lucky, they figure it out. And then and they have no idea what it does in a human, right? And they, they only know what it does over like 10 generations. God knows if you do like gene editing. And God knows what happens after, like, oh, God knows what happens with an organism that lives longer than eight months because you kill your lab mice after eight months or something. I don't know, right? And people think, like, oh, it's been researched. We know what that protein does. No, no. People are like, oh, we know how the human brain works. No, we have no fucking idea. Uh, we, we know a lot, but that doesn't mean we, we even approach the understanding. Like, my my wife uh, does like relatively cutting edge re research. So she researches um, the autonomous nervous system in the heart. Um, up till like ten years ago, it, people didn't even entertain the thought that the heart had an autonomous nervous system. Like a uh, basically nerves that are in the heart and in the heart alone and not connected to your spinal cord or to your brain that are basically, they call it like in a field of research, call it a brain, the brain in the heart. Um, so basically it's like neurons that are only in the heart that do very specific things that people didn't know that existed. 
and we had like what 300 years of like people cutting open hearts and you know uh all these i mean they've been they've been sticking little things into your into your heart and like basically killing neurons there for like 30 years as like a, or i think no i think the first guy who did that was was even actually in nazi germany so for like almost like 100 years we've been doing that and they didn't even know what those neurons did and then like somebody comes along and is like oh i think this is this 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 and then it opens up this whole new world and that thing that that is like the reality in any field of science even in history people are like we've assumed this thing about stalin for like 80 years and somebody comes along no no i found this source and i think this is completely wrong you're like oh god we have to like all these all all these parts of all these books are all invalid um so the assumption that the scientific method the scientific process results in like unmovable facts that's the problem and i feel like that is what a lot of people who don't understand science so much because you know they might have heard a little bit about it in university or whatever or they might even have done some science in university but they're not doing it day to day um what what they think and what else that that's what our society is is impacted by um so actually i'm just having having a look uh, super user was uh, saying a lot of things um rhetorically yes it's a problem but i think most politicians know uh in an executive decision making role you need to work with limited information the academic approach is too slow for the real world um so in an executive decision making context they have to act with having gone through th without having gone through 3 years of peer review it's not just business where you must be decisive the military also risks life and being decisive is crucial there too so i don't think the political situation is a big leap um actually um well i i would disagree with you on that um I mean, there's a there's an argument to be had if you if the right, if the military has to be decisive, the fact that the military is decisive and uh, acts on limited information has uh, cost millions of lives in the last two hundred years or and uncounted lives in the last five hundred years. Um, uh, there is there is a legitimate question in in historical and political science if. Uh, if that's a good thing, right? If uh, if you should have, like, I mean, you're right. If you if you should have a military that should intervene in other countries, because that is never good. That like it's never good. It's never like even if you, even if you take World War Two, even if you stop Hitler and you stop the Holocaust, yes, that's good. But like, look at all the other shit it's caused. Look at how it has. I mean, it's yeah, it has. Uh, um, it has, you know, given um, uh, Europe, Central Europe, my country, Germany, like 80 years or whatever, oh, how much, I don't know, what, 60, 70 years, you know, lo long time of peace. But it's, it has caused, even that has called untold, untold death, you know, death, uh, pain, suffering, um, you know, it has stabilized the Soviet Union, uh, you know, I mean... It's it's not it's not that easy, and I understand that yes, politicians can't do peer review, but that's not the point. That's that is not the point. The, the difference is accepting that, accepting that you're going, 
we, we have to do this in the heat of the moment with limited information and being uh, transparent, <laughs> believing that that's what you're doing and believing that you asked somebody, a scientist who told you a fact and then you're acting on that and that is what they're doing, that's what they're thinking. Um, I don't think most politicians know. I don't. And I know quite a lot of politicians. My, my dad used to be a career politician. Um, you know, they know that they act on limited information and that they must be decisive in, in certain moments, but um, the, the question is how you justify that. Um, you know, traditionally in a, in a democracy, you would justify that exactly like that. Like, I am elected as a representative uh, in a parliamentary system, you know, I'm, I'm being basically, uh, I'm representing the people and I'm doing what I think is right. You're not saying I'm doing what is scientifically right or, you know, back in the day it used to be, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 it used to be justified with religious reasons. You used to say, well, God says, so we're, we're, go we're doing this. We're, we're killing these people over there. We're having a crusade because God says this. And I feel like we're actually drifting a little bit back to that. I actually feel like one of the things I'm going to talk about I, I find very interesting is that I feel that science um, is in some circles being elevated into like a semi-religious uh, capacity. And I think this is a symptom of, you know, our generally our states I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm talking as a German here and obviously but looking at the US yes uh, yes probably been one of the less examples but you know in the Western world you see a decline of of, of religion um, especially in state power uh, religion being connected with state power you see uh, more and more uh, decisions and political decisions uh, being based on you know what people would say is empirical data based on science. Um, but I also see that people are kind of substituting um, science or facts for, for the role that religion used to have, uh, used to fill. Like, basically absolutes, right? Absolutes in politics, you know, stuff, stuff that that has to be done that way because it's, it's uh, you know, back in the day it used to be, you know, you're Roman Catholic and certain things are allowed and other things aren't. And now it's like, no, it's like uh, the scientists say global warming is man-made, so we have to have that decision. Um, uh, yeah, thanks, uh, super user, thanking me for the... Obviously, that's what we're doing here. This is why I love, uh, you know, being in church. Obviously, uh I have my opinion, you have your opinion. And the way that we're talking about this, that's the, that's the important thing. Um, <laughs> as a journalist, I'm sure you have been asked to write CEO-friendly articles about looking at trees making you sleep better, backed by science and other life facts. Science in the title of so many articles like that. Um, no, actually, I haven't. Uh, I've been very lucky to have worked for employers that never did that shit. And ever since I'm a freelancer, I'm just like, I think... I have my reputation precedes me. If you read my blog, my blog, my website, I don't think people would even get the idea to get me to do something like this. Um, uh, I have in the past probably. I mean, we are all fallible, right? I've I've probably written things um, where I'm like, 
based my writing too much on an expert. I, I mean, in my field, it wouldn't be so much science. It would be like IT security, right? It would be like some cryptologist or something. I mean, I guess I, that's also some kind of science. But like, um, yes, I mean, it is natural to ask experts. And I don't think that's bad. I think that's actually, you know, you know, good. Um, politicians need to do that. They need to, I mean, I, I'm not saying let's become Luddites or something. Let's go back to a place where we don't want to talk to scientists. You have to talk to scientists, but like I, maybe I'm naive. Um, what I'm trying to advocate here is is a way in which the people that are asking the scientists understand um, what what, how the scientists think. And I feel like I, I'm not a scientist, but even as a, as a journalist, I've often been expert for other journalists who don't know anything about IT security, for example, or privacy. And then they ask me as an expert. And then they go like, and it's always the same thing. And I, I think these journalists ask scientists the same way. And they, the politicians probably ask scientists the same way. They go like, uh, problem, A or B? And you're like, can't say that. It's complicated and you're trying to explain they're like i don't understand that my reader my readers don't understand that a or b right and then so scientists who are like probably not were scientists who are in the lab all day or whatever they you know they sometimes probably get pressure to say a or b um i was always because i know how journalism works and i know what happens um, so I, I, you, you can. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm very good at this anyway. But I can, I can talk sentences and never stop. Right? I can. You can. You know this from the podcast. I can just go from one sentence and do the other sentence, and I can never stop. I can basically just have a breath, but then I'm doing it like this. So you can't. You basically can't cut this. You can't. You can't take anything out of this. You will always hear if you put this out of context on something like on on the on the radio or on the TV. You will always hear that I was actually saying more because I never really stopped and I've never given. I can give you an explanation like this for like five minutes minutes i can do i always used to do this so that they just if i know okay this is like i don't know they're like approaching uh yellow breast kind of territory these guys they're gonna like i'm on tv right they're gonna cut that they're gonna cut five seconds out of that where i say something i didn't want to say so i got very very good at like outmaneuvering them uh which then they never call you as an expert again because you're not good for sound bites but that's exactly the problem. People want facts. They want sound bites. They don't want to hear that it's complicated. But it's fucking complicated. You can't talk about a virus we discovered like a year ago and assume that things are black and white and stuff is not complicated. And I understand. I understand that politicians have to decide. That, you know, they have to have A or B. But they have to, in my mind, do that with with the with the knowledge exactly i think we're actually super user i think both of you were actually agreeing more than we're not because um i think we're, what we're disagreeing is like that you think they know this and they operate with this in mind and i'm pretty sure they don't um i don't know i've talked to not enough politicians and i've analyzed what they're saying that i that's just my opinion um right but th i think we're just different on there um and it's also I don't think actually politicians are so much a problem because the politicians never, they don't really change. It's like, war. Politicians. Politicians never change. They don't change. They're, you know, they're opportunists. They're politicians. That's why I'm not, not a politician. Um, I hate this kind of shit. But like, they, that's not so much a problem. I think the press is more of a problem. Um, I think 
it used to be that politicians were like that and then the press was there to keep them on their toes, right? And I think more and more the press is also like this. They're also they're also very opportunist, they're also A B. Um they don't keep the politicians on, on their toes. Uh, and that ends ends up something like I've always said this and people like where the pandemic is concerned, people will get really get their heckles up when I say this. But like, you know, in Nazi Germany there was this thing called Gleichschaltung. The Nazis um basically trimmed all of society towards their propaganda line. And especially the press. Right? They either either you did either you agreed with them and you wrote articles or you were out of a job or got arrested or whatever. So the German press was on the party line. Same same thing in Russia uh, during Stalinism, right? Where they were literally running the newspapers. The Nazis weren't doing that, but that's why they had Gleichschaltung. Like Gleichschaltung means uh, parallel, uh, parallel switching. Like basically everybody in the same direction. And you like you see the symptoms of that. I see the symptoms of that uh, appearing in the last few years. I saw this first with climate change, um, where co- completely divorced from actually what's happening, it's worrying to me if everybody reports the same thing. And very much now, also with with the pandemic, where you see po- politicians giving a line and then the press... Um, following that line and no nobody like usually in a working press you'd think okay you have five big newspapers in the country four of them go with the let's say four of them go with the government line you'd have the one who just for today you would say for seo reasons does the exact opposite because that gives you readers like there's no reason not to do that if you're a journalist really um like you're not worried about your like what people think of you or like your uh your reputation um you want readers and it's weird and i mean i've talked to it's not it's like it's a phenomenon and i've talked to journalists who then have said you know with the pandemics like um we have to we can't do it the other way because if people don't follow the government line um like people will die so we have to for public safety have to agree with and you're like that's not how that's not your like that's the job of government and propaganda and pr that's not the job of journalists i don't i don't even um and the problem is that science then gets taken as a as a reason for that right it get it gets scientists get and their their research gets um used uh for for this kind of thing um to to justify uh decision making or you know as as a journalist writing and um and it's 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 really weird to me because if you looked at like the press, like let's say in the 80s in Germany, um, we had the same thing. Like on certain topics, 
everybody agreed. And everybody agreed with the government. It was like, you know, when it came to like, I don't know, socialism, East Germany, there were just certain topics where everybody basically was on a line. Um, and you could explain that with just very few publishing houses, very few TV stations. And, you know, to get access, they need to get certain closeness to the government and and you think today it would be completely different because anybody can publish on the internet. And to some degree it is like that, but like it's still like now it's like the mainstream press and they're like one line and everybody else is just like, okay, those guys are conspiracy theorists because they just they're just writing something completely different. Um It's it's interesting. It's it's weird. It's it's weird to see. And I, I think one of the one of the big reasons is exactly this um you know, this lifting science into a place where um <clears throat> traditionally um re religion was. I think the problem is that that what we're seeing here is that science and scientists have been idolized um, since the 20th century. Um, it started before the world wars, um, you know, the scientific progress and how it just amazed people. And, you know, then during the, the wars, lots of propaganda was, was based on, you know, allegedly science and stuff like that. But, but after that, it's like science is like, people are idolizing science. They're like, this is our, you know, salvation and, you know, and, 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 I've certainly been very much like this when I was younger. Um, but often they they do that without understanding how it works. And that's where I think the religion aspect comes in, where you just basically, you don't know what a biologist does in the lab. Right? But you're like, they, they, they discovered something and, and, you know, they're right. And it's basically, they, they could for all intents and purposes also be a priest just waving a gold rod and some brazier Right, like in Warhammer, where they don't know how science works anymore, they're just like, "Oh yeah, we uh, scientists discovered this." Um, um, and Super user says, "After West lost its faith, we adopted Enlightenment rationalism. Unfortunately, this is very limiting." Um, yeah, I mean, this is—it's one of the—it's—it's it's one of the factors of this, right? It's like um, um, if you. If you actually go, uh, you know, like me, I'm an atheist, um, and there's no God, uh, and you do not have that to fall back to, um, it's natural to have science fill that void. But I, I think if you, re if you're actually interested, and if you're reading into science, actually, how about science? You sooner beyond like textbooks in school, right? Sooner or later, you will figure exactly this out that it's not black and white, that there's limited amounts of facts and then a lot of the things we think about as facts are basically approximations of facts you know and it goes together with this general understanding that i'm trying to foster in on this show about like society and about politics you know that everybody's biased that you can't have objection uh, ob uh, ob um, objective journalism that's it, ridiculous like you have to be like data from star trek to be object like you you, ha you can't be human and be and not be biased of course you're biased you grew up somewhere you uh, you talk to people other people talk to other people 
uh, of course you're biased. Everybody's biased. Like, and if you have that understanding, it's just so much healthier. Um, and I mean, th this is also where the polarization um, I talked about, like in the feedback in the last episode, you know, comes from that we have here. And, you know, obviously also in Russia and other countries um, is this, this, this desire to wanting to categorize things, right? This Republican Democrat, Biden, Trump, uh, socialist capitalist, like this, this general un in, 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 in society general to be unable to, to accept the in-betweens and that somebody who is generally very progressive and left-leaning can have uh, an opinion um, on a certain topic that coincides with a neo-Nazi. It doesn't mean the guy is a neo-Nazi. It doesn't mean he is morally repulsive. It just can mean that on one topic, they happen to agree. And for some reason, society just these days just can't, literally can't. Like the, the brain short circuits, the, the people can't understand that. Like, okay, you agree with a Nazi on a thing, you must obviously be a Nazi. Right? Even though you agree with you literally agree with Adolf Hitler on a lot of things. Hitler probably also thought that gravity was real, and um, maybe I don't know liked cars and liked people to be in employed. I don't know. Obviously, he liked fucking cherry pie a lot. Cherry, like you know, like Kuchen, uh, uh, cake, cherry cake. It's amazing. The fact that I like cherry cake and Hitler like cherry cake doesn't mean I'm literally wanting to kill all Jews, right? But as for some reason, I mean, as some reason that does not compute. Um, yeah, so I think um, part of this problem, I mean, I've, I've, I think a general problem is that humans generally have, they, they like, I think that's just, I talked about this last episode as well, uh, The, the way our brains are um, wired, um, I don't think are very well suited for the modern world. And one of the reasons is I think we, we tend to revert to emotions a lot. Um, so if we do the, if we accept the scientific method and we work scientifically, then I feel like in a certain way, we're always like fighting against our nature. It's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle to be neutral. It's a struggle to not want to like see uh, the data in a light that confirms your hypothesis even if it maybe doesn't it's a, it's a constant struggle it's a constant it's like if you do and you know that if you do science if you've done anything history if you've written a scientific thing in university anything you know it's a constant tr struggle to look over your own work to to catch yourself right and that's how journalism is for me as well writing constantly trying to evaluate what are my biases am i maybe wrong on this because that's you know i i tend to i tend to emphasize freedom and personal rights is that maybe wrong in this situation like that's a constant struggle and i think when people slip they revert back to emotion so i think a lot of people actually don't are not used to this scientific way of thinking and then there's other people who are but who revert back 
to 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 the emotional thing, right? And and to to act on their instincts. Um, for example, if if you think what happened in Germany, how the government reacted to the pandemic, I think you know Merkel um, being a doctor and can think as scientifically as she wants. I think um, I think she she instinctively reverted back to the very human uh, politician instinct on on not wanting a mistake. Right, you've been like I don't know, Chancellor of Germany for 16 years, or how long she's been Chancellor, and she doesn't want like in her ya last year like, lots of people to die, and then history remember her as the Chancellor where lots of people died. So you emotionally revert back to like trying to be safe, and that's you know throughout history that's how lots of things. I mean that's for example the uh, the um, the mistakes the British made before World War II in appeasing Hitler. Um, were very much the same way. They were trying to believe that Hitler wasn't evil, and and starting a war, um, because I think they 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 wanted to believe in the good, uh, to not like make uh, make a huge mistake and start a war, right? And do like for them to start the war. Um. um so. Uh, I think that is very, um, like, it's a very natural thing to do for humans. Uh, I think that's that's what we're fighting here, and I, I also think a big problem is our education system. And I'm not you know, only saying Germany. I've, I've you can witness this all over the world. Um, I mean, I think universities, a lot of universities, almost like through throughout. Uh, you know, all of them in, in lots of places fail to teach a basic understanding of the scientific method. Um, even to practicing scientists, like I've, I'm, I, I, I have friends and I talk to people who are at university right now who have a degree, you know, back in my day, you know, they have a master, right? And they're like on their way to becoming a PhD. And they have... When you talk to them, they have, um, to to me, worrying uh, views of how science works and how how the scientific method works and how things should be peer reviewed. And that you like uh, the very thing we talked about last episode as well. That you know um, they say things like, "How can this?" colleague or whatever say this how can he have this opinion he shouldn't be allowed to say that right and we're talking about a scientific theory that just doesn't agree with whatever their worldview is and you're like uh, what uh, how how can how, how do you have a master in science literally master of science is literally your title and you're like you cannot have this hypothesis because I think it's dangerous. That's that sounds like something this like Torquemada would have said. That's that sounds like something straight from the Roman Catholic Church. That, that, that doesn't sound like you're a scientist, um, and that is worrying to me. And I, this is amazing to me that I got taught this shit like in a in a history class, but people are like I don't know. Uh, practicing medicine or you know doing medical research or doing uh, chemical you know physicists uh they don't they don't have this understanding 
Um, I, I, I don't know. I think uh, we we uh, fucked up big time, and like it it goes from high school through to university. Um, I mean, we are teaching, we are teaching kids in 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 school how to program computers because apparently they need that to have a job or whatever but they don't know how the most basic principles of science work like that what their learning is based on and that pretty much anything like they they don't they don't know how democracy works right they don't they don't know what the term capitalism means or what the term socialism means and what uh, how democracy works but they can they can program javascript great that's awesome. We'll have a job, but society's gonna go to shit because they're gonna vote the next autocrat who says, "Well, science says, and now we must do this." Um, yeah, I I think one of the problems is that a lot of people are like, if you look at it, like a lot of people actually finishing university and like in at least in like you know in Germany and in and in the West, I would say broadly the West. Um, university is becoming this like having a university degree is becoming this prerequisite to having a good job right and but like finishing university really should mean you can think critically and you can like university is where you get taught to be a scientist that's what it means to have a university degree you are then a scientist that's literally what it means and these people can't even think like scientists and it's like education, like university education is completely like commoditized as just a way of getting jobs. Not of like, you know, back in, you know, back in the day, 200, 200 years ago, you know, univer people who graduated from university were expected to be like the thinkers and the, the, the people who shaped the future of society. Now it's just a way to get a programming job or I don't know, any other job really uh, as a teacher or whatever. Um, it's just uh, kids these days I tell you kids these days um, so yes so I think we we need as a society badly we need to understand um, I mean the scientific method is not that hard you can teach that in school and we need to understand that there's a lot less facts in the world that we think than we think there are because the world's a lot more complicated than we think we are especially fucking journalists need to understand this um, and I think a very good example that anybody could understand is the internet um, the internet has led to an incredible amount of information being accessible to anybody right but it does not equal like more information being out in the world and being accessible does not mean there are more facts or there's more truth in the world right just because something is written on the internet doesn't mean it's true and i think that's a good metaphor for like real life um, just because something is in a political uh, in, in, in a scientific paper it's because something is peer-reviewed doesn't mean it has it stands up to scrutiny it doesn't mean it's good research right just because something is published in the lancet doesn't mean it's true 
I can give you like four or five papers from last year from The Lancet that had to be retracted by The Lancet saying, oh, we're sorry, this is like the one paper where it was utter bullshit one guy made up. That's the scientific process in itself. That is not bad. That that's just how it works. That doesn't matter. That like any journal, anybody, everybody makes mistakes. That's, that that is not a problem. The problem is people equating published paper in journal with high impact factor as fact. And I mean, to go quickly back to climate change, I think a big problem there actually is that a lot of this research is based on computer modeling, and. With computer modeling, if you, if you apply the scientific method, uh, you have a, a problem because what you're doing is you have a hypothesis, you build a computer model, you run simulations, whatever, you get data, and then you analyze your hypothesis based on that data. But you wrote the model, or somebody, a human wrote the model. You're not, the data you're checking your hypothesis with is not even collected from like real life. It's not from reality. It's not like you measured something out there. You wrote the thing yourself and then you measured it. So if you had a bias and that bias went into the computer model, then it's in your data, it's in your hypothesis and it's in your models in your data and you read the whole thing through, if you have the same bias than the author, you'd, you'd think this is completely right. So basically, you'd have to have somebody who can see the inherent biases in the model and criticizes that. But in a um, car just driving very slowly past my window, I'm like, I'm gonna get sniped. I'm saying yes. I'm saying things the government doesn't doesn't wanna doesn't doesn't want out. <laughs> Sorry, uh, just that that was a joke. Um, right. So so if you but if you if you if you're in a in a climate oh god I sorry I need to do this if you're in a climate where um, certain opinions are just not entertained then who's gonna like who's gonna have the opposite bias and who's gonna check that model if you're not actually like if everybody if ninety eight percent of scientists agree on something that's that's a problem that's not good it's a, generally a problem. Um, and that you know that's a very specific problem because more and more stuff is just like computer uh, based on computer modeling, um, which actually <clears throat> some some of it like you read it and I'm not in the field but sometimes it, it reads like utter bullshit. <laughs> that's not that's not I just made something up and then I've produced data and now what I said is true. Like that's not science. I mean I'm not I don't want to. Uh, you know I'm I'm. I'm exaggerating here for effect. Um, of course, there's lots of things you can do with computer models, and there's got lots of science, good science you can do with computer models, and it has been done with computer models. But if you like, you have to understand the inherent dangers in the in the model you're using, right? Like if you if you use a microscope, you have to understand like what you use it for. What what can you actually see? Are you trying to prove something? If you're going like hey, this is my hypothesis, and if I look at these cell samples with a microscope and I don't see X, then I'm right. 
right? You'll have to think about, well, this is is it actually possible for that thing you're looking for to be to show up under under that kind of microscope? Right? This kind of that's the kind of thing you need to you need to test against. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's. Um, <laughs> Century Alpert says, "Let's talk about the computer model for global warming." <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's a, that that's just an that's just a, that's just an just an example. But I think it's 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 a, for me it's a good example because it's it coincides um, with with this other problem we're having with polarization where there's like certain opinions are just it's not like that they're not allowed or they're censored you know censorship usually applies to the state no they're not like they're dissuaded right they, they're not they're not published because you're like basically an outcast if you do that and then you, you your career is ruined and I mean this kind of stuff has always happened in science but it's I mean if you look at how many like inventions and like uh people's inventions have been ruined i mean tesla i don't even know if that's so much true but like this is an example that comes to mind um be, just because like they were inventing things or seeing things that other people didn't want to didn't want to be public um it's been going on forever um but like in a in a society that gets more and more based on um technology and and um a way of thinking that is being taught to people where it's binary and it's black and white. Um, I feel like this gets more and more dangerous. And it indeed does, uh, like Bennett said in, in, in the beginning here, um, gets into the, the, the subject matter of, of dystopian nightmare novels. <laughs> um, and you know, people obviously, science fiction writers have foreseen this kind of stuff, but it's, 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 it's scary if you see, if you actually, feeling like you're, you're, you're beginning to live through it. Um, yeah. And so, I, so I think in general, we just have to accept that, that, that things are just not black and white, that we are, we're dealing with human nature, right? We are, there's always the human factor. Um, there's emotions, there's lies, hypocrisy, flaws, um people trying to save their their skin um you always have to factor stuff like that and and we and generally the scientific method if it's done well um should protect against this i mean that's what peer review is for and i'm not like with peer review i'm not even like talking about the the publishing process i'm talking about actual peer review your your fellow scientists looking over your work commenting on it and having a voice if it works the system is designed to combat these things um just like you know um if you read about how the um the chernobyl disaster came to pass it's a very 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 good example of like a system being built in a way that doesn't take into account these human factors and human errors um, and so if you want to build a secure system for something like this you, you you build it so so it has like checks and balances built in 
Um, good example for that would be like just how like airplane pilots do everything, right? Checking the other person, um, reading out uh, everything, um, you know, it being recorded on voice recorders and stuff like that. They have they have a system of dealing with things that is that is built to learn from mistakes that happened before uh, with human nature, where two people, uh, you know, humans meant well but because of emotions and because of not wanting to fail and because of flaws um cause disaster in, in in many cases and then you, you you try to build a system that protects against this and science if it's the scientific method if it's um if it's executed well it actually protects against these things um, but that is only one one factor. Like the other factor is, you know, the topic of the show, the problem with facts. Um, that we as, if we as a society elevate science uh, to a point where it governs our lives, which I generally think is a good idea. Um, I, I'd rather govern, let, let science, scientists and scientific uh, endeavors govern my life than a religion. Right or a, a the whims of a dictator, um, but if we do that, then we need to understand it, and especially the people who are doing it need to understand it. They need to be taught in the education system how to do it properly, and the the people that are translating the the um, the result of scientific work. To the public and to uh, you know to to politicians, so journalists and the people you know scientific advisors, um, they need to understand how it works and they need to weigh this and you know uh, just like Bennett says, they need to weigh the very specific uh, input from experts in one field with input from experts in other fields. They need to understand. They need to be critical about it they can't have like a dogmatic view of the majority agrees or science says or i believe in science or all these, these crazy things that are very antithetical to actually having a scientific mind i mean a scientist and this is something i think um actually i agree i disagree with, with my wife who says, often says i'm too critical but I think as a scientist, and especially also as a journalist, you cannot be critical enough. There's, it's not possible to be critical enough. There's no downside to being, like, you can't be too critical with your own work because then you, you don't get anything done. But, like, to be to, to read something, it's, it's, it's literally not possible to, to do research and read something and not be too critical. Critical just means you're thinking about it. You're like, I don't disagree with, I disagree with this. I, ah, that's maybe not like, you know. And then that, that leads to what you're thinking. And then you're checking that. And like, that can't possibly be bad. And we're having less and less of that. We're having journalists who are just republishing press releases. I mean, a very acute example in Germany is in the pandemic we the um, the official data official data in air quotes 
well, the official data, about the pandemic, about the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak in Germany, is published by a government institute called the Robert Koch Institute. We talked about this very early in the show. That is a government institute. That is taken by scientists, I mean, by the government, okay, it's their institute, right? They have to believe what the institute does, that's what they founded it for. But it's taken by the press and by extension by the public as scientific fact. This data does not come from scientists. It comes from a government office. Yes, there are biologists, virologists, there are scientists working there. But this is not data that is uh, create like, that is um, uh, you know uh, generated with the scientific method. There is no peer review process. It is data. It's it's somebody runs a test in a lab and that gets written down in a file. Right there, I mean there are checks there, there are checks there and stuff in the lab, but it's like. The, the process is not a scientific process. It's scientists doing it in a, you know, in a way that looks scientific, but it's not scientific. It's not research. It's not, there, there's no dissenting voices. And it's taken by the press as scientific fact or truth or whatever you want to call it. It's not. It's data from a government office. This is literally like Soviet Russia where you had a government office that said, oh, this is true about the population. And then the press went, yeah, uh, science, the government says this. It's, this is, this is mind blowing to me. I mean, I can't be possibly the only one who, who realizes this, but apparently I am, I don't know. I don't see anybody writing about this. And I, sure as I'm not writing about this. I don't know anybody who would, would, would publish that. Like I'd get fucking, burned at the stake <laughs> is is this political science yes <laughs> it is political science um but like um i'm even not, like i'm not saying the data is wrong that's not the point i'm also not saying it's propaganda it's you know it's it's lots of scientists doing um their job uh in a in a conscientious manner as scientists and they're probably thinking as scientists but like they're not like if if you ask them, right, they would go, like, yeah, but we're doing lab tests. Like we're not publishing. There's nobody checking. Like there's no independent second institution checking that data. I mean, this has nothing to do with it. I'm not saying it's it's purposely manipulated. I'm not even saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's generated in a completely different frame of mind than a scientist doing research but it's equated in the press because it's people in lab coats doing things in a lab in berlin as that's science scientists do this right it's like it's like if a guy who worked at nasa who was a rocket a spaceship engineer and worked in a lab with lots of people designing a spaceship in a very specific process where they do a very specific research. They have experts. They, you know, they check each other's work. They're very, very um, 
very you know they have a system they have you know they when they when they build these things it's like fucking clean rooms and they wear like these suits and there's like if there's one grain of 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 like dust in the wrong place the fucking spaceship can crash right if that guy built a car in his garage at home and then the the society and the press or whatever or politics what politicians would equate this car he built with the spaceship they ba- built in NASA with a very specific process and he just built a car, you know, just because he's the same guy and maybe he wore his NASA lab coat while he was building the car. If they, that It's kind of like that. If they equated those two things. I'm not saying the car doesn't work. It might be the best car ever designed, but it's just not, like, it's not built to the same tolerances with the same, with like 50 people checking each other's every like screwdriver talk setting uh you know anyway enough rants i think you got the point i think this was like an hour 20 minutes of me driving the same point home i'm sorry but i kind of i can need to i can need to do this um <laughs> i hope this this helped you i hope if you don't agree uh i'm done with my notes now um if you don't uh, don't agree please Please write. Uh, please write. Please contact me. Private citizen or press. I've I've done my best to uh, take input from Twitch chat. I can by far not look at everything that's going on and and still have a coherent podcast here. But um, I've super user says never seen Fab take off his glasses. I wasn't prepared for that. I blame the drink. I I do this uh, when I'm very exasperated and I need to like face palm. I always need to take off my glasses, and I know I look like. I look weird. Um, I've I've been wearing this very same model of glasses now for many many years. Uh, if you're, if anybody's interested, they're Ray Ban uh, New Wayfarers. I love these glasses. Um, they they're the stereotypical nerd glasses. They're very well built. Um, they hold. I they they last like ten times as long as any other. But I, I've had two pairs of these, and I've been wearing them since. I mean it's. It's like 15 years now, whatever. I don't know. Um, these are amazing. Um, but, you know, I, I know that I look very weird when I take them off. So I'm sorry. Uh, that's the downside if you're watching the behind the scenes on Twitch or on YouTube. If you want to do that, if you want to see what I look like without glasses, links are also in the show notes, private sits in the press. Um, I must disappoint you that they're not nerd glasses. They're trendy these days. They might be trendy, but they are the stereotypical nerd glasses. You know, just you look at the Jinx logo. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna skull that looks like a nerd, you put those glasses on it. Um, and you know, I, you know, lots of things I like are trendy, and then they're not trendy. I just usually don't care about that. Um, I, I like them, and uh, <laughs> that's that's the most important thing to me. Um, anyway, we do not have, uh, obviously, we don't have any feedback because we had the feedback in the beginning. So I will now move on to the point where I explain to you how the show works. Okay, so this show works. I start an audio recording uh, software and then I start talking into my microphone and I open the beer. Um, 
this show is produced under the value for value model, which means you get it for free. And if you derive some value from me ranting about how society is crap uh, for an hour and a half, then uh, that's nice. Maybe learn something. Um, and you can you can give back if you want to. You come become a, a Patreon on Patreon. Uh, no, a patron on Patreon, <laughs> uh, which is a website where you know you sign up and you can like this is like a, a subscription basically, a podcast subscription. Except it's you don't have to do it, um, or you can send money via PayPal. All the details are uh, at privatecitizen.press. Uh, you can also, uh, if you enjoy Twitch, and uh, you know I do other stuff on Twitch. I uh, stream a lot of video games as well, uh, which is a, a passion of mine. Uh, if you enjoy that, you can also subscribe there. Um, and if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can do that uh, basically for free. You're not, you know, you're paying Prime subscription, but you can subscribe to my channel for free, and then I get some money. Uh, downside is you have to do that every month, but hey, um, doesn't cost you anything. Um, <laughs> keeping the sunglasses discussion going, Super User says my dad handed me down a pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses, and they're by far the best I own. They protect from the sun, but also that you actually see unlike the cheap plastic glass you can buy on the street unfortunately they are gold tone which is a bit uh, a bit too much for me i like those i can't wear them because obviously my sunglasses have to have prescription prescription lenses so i also have ray-ban sunglasses i use the aviators i actually used to use uh the same like the new wayfarers just as sunglasses there are originally sunglasses um but uh i uh i don't know Found that a bit weird. I wanted a different look for the sunglasses. I went to the aviators, which are also amazing. I just have one pair. I've been also using that for years. Um, I actually bought it one with like it was like it's like gold orange tone um, because I was like I can you know I can't see for shit when I'm wearing them, but like I, I look cool. And uh, my my wife was like, "These are the most ridiculous shitty sunglasses I've ever seen. How can you wear those?" That was her reaction. And kept wearing them she she started to like him more and more at some point she took him from me she's like you can't see with those anyway get this prescription right she's been wearing them for years now and they look amazing on her um they're really cool they look amazing on everybody uh anyway this is not a ray-ban ad fun fact um when you're on uh, public television in germany they kind of have advertising and they can't even have product placement so for several interviews um they like taped off like with gaffer tape they taped off like the because the wave new wayfarers have like a ray-ban logo on the side um you know the, the sunglasses usually don't they just have it on the lenses and since i i have prescription lenses i don't have that but like they, they taped off the ray-ban logo on the side it's like what the f- what the fuck as if i'm like sponsored by fucking ray-ban jesus jesus christ this is our it nerd expert sponsored by ray-ban Oh my god. <clears throat> anyway, um right. If you want to enable my habit to buy hats and 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 sunglasses which I don't really know. I didn't really don't buy glasses because these last so long. <laughs> no, I don't have Ray-Ban sponsorship, which I which is why I need you to pitch in. Anyway, um enough of that. All details privatecitizen.press. Uh, I would like to thank the people who did uh, who helped out keep the show on the air. Uh, those people are George's, Butterbeans, Michael Mullen Jensen, Jonathan M. Hathy, Niall Donegan, Dave, Steve Host, Shelby Kruver, Vlad, Jackie Plage, 1I11G, Philip Klostermann, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Kai Sears, IKN, 
Michael Small, Fadi Mansour, Dirk Didi, Bennett Piata, Joe Poser, Matt Jarryman, David Potter, Larry Glock, Mika, Martin, Dave Amrish, Tobias, Mr. Amish, Ricky M., Drive Zero, Mode 7, Avis, Jonathan Edwards, Barry Williams, Sandman 616. God, I need a drink in between. Neil, Captain Eckhart, Rizal, D, and Iwan Curry. And also, I would like to thank everybody who's uh, subscribed to my Twitch channel because they're also helping out. So thanks to Mike the Dane, Galtaran, Mode 7 is unavail unavailable, Halifa, Uh, El Terrestris Jim, Flash Gordo, and Centurio Apertus. Thanks to all of you. I appreciate I appreciate all of this very much. Um, and I hope the show, um, lots of you have been on board for a long time now, and I hope the show does something to you, you know, that does something for you. I hope you learn new things. I'm, I'm trying to keep the topics fresh. Obviously, I often talk about what I find interesting. Um, But uh, please uh, feel free to write me and just if, even if it's just like I find this, even if you send me a link, like this is interesting, I'll have a look. I'm, I won't promise I, I'm going to talk about it, but um, I am, uh, I will be, uh, I will be looking at it. And often I do keep talking about it because most of you have, uh, if you're listening to this, you, you probably find the same things interesting that I do. Um, anyway, thanks. Thanks to all of you. I appreciate it very much. Um, right. Uh, I also have to thank ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk. They're a UK hosting company. And um, they've been uh, providing me with free cloud servers that the audio files reside on that I, uh, you know, that you get the podcast from. And I couldn't do the show without them. And they're great. So if you need a cloud server, go to ByteMark. I can I can uh, heartily recommend them. They've like their servers been running flawless for me for years, years. Really good. Um, the show's th theme tune uh, is a, a song called "Acoustic Roots" by Raoul Kabzali. and I'm now gonna play you out with with a song called "I Don't Give a F," which epitomizes pretty much my attitude here <laughs> by a guy called Dev Lev. So uh, I'll leave you that. Um, I hope uh, this uh, these two episodes this week uh, were good for you. I'll, I'll see you next week. I have a feeling there's going to be some more extra episodes in the future as always. You know, I'm trying to get one out every Wednesday and I'm, I'm kind of promising uh, one a week on average for the year. But, you know, it might be more. So far we were ahead of the curve, I think. Uh, so that's pretty good. Anyway, uh, stay stay out there, stay free, stay uh, stay mobile. Don't let the man get you down, and uh, you know, keep a keep a scientific mindset. See you next week.
Oh, no.